Welcome to the latest instalment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. I'm joined by a panel of very experienced tech leaders to discuss an intriguing topic, how to operate an effective hybrid work model. But before we delve deeper into this topic, let's work our way around the room and make some introductions. All right. Uh, hi, my name is Joe. Uh, I'm a full stack developer and uh, I love working with startups, especially to build new products uh, and especially those that solve real problems. Right now, I work as tech lead at Pentalock, where we are building a uh, better locking system for e-bikes, and we aim to solve bike theft for good. Uh, I moved to Denmark from the United States eight years ago, and in my free time, I like craft beer, chess, and hiking with my dog. Perfect. Thank you for that, mate. And moving on to Lena. Yeah, I'm Lena. I'm 30 years old. I am working in New Day, which most people probably know as the old TDC. Um, but I work in New Day, which is the service provider part. And uh, I work with integrating uh, New Day into um, utility company Fiber. So uh, a very complex world to navigate in. Um, in my free time, I try to read as many books as I possibly can and play as much tennis as my body allows me. I can feel that I'm turning 30. Um, and other than that, I really, really like uh, scrolling through Instagram reels. I'm, I've am i not moved on to TikTok yet, so I'm probably a bit old. Yeah, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous <laughs> game. It's a dangerous game. Don't do it to yourself. Yeah. And no. <laughs> I'm moving on to Rebecca. If you'd like to give a little introduction. Yes, uh, my name is Rebecca. I'm currently a senior product manager at IO, which is an open banking platform. I just started here, so I'm in my first week. Uh, previously, I spent time as a product manager at two other growing Danish SaaS companies. Um, originally from Bermuda, which I am very, very proud of. I lived in Los Angeles for six years where I went to university, and then I moved to Denmark six years ago. Uh, outside of work, I like to try and enjoy the sun when it comes out in Denmark, uh, play board games, and watch the UFC on Sundays, which many find surprising. But as a former athlete, I think mixed martial arts is the ultimate sport because of the sacrifice, skills, intelligence, and actual fight they have to put in to win. So it's just so impressive to me. I've actually started watching the UFC this last year. I find it pretty amazing. I don't like the go on the blood, but... <laughs> <laughs> they're like the epitome of athletes yes it is brutal hi everyone this is chris bennett here and nordic's managing director here at evolution i really hope you're enjoying the podcast so far we're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment there are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data, product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. I'm glad we've established a little bit of context about yourselves, a little bit about what you do for work and also some a little bit about outside of work. But now that we've established that context, let's delve deeper into the topic at hand. So Joe, I know that prior to the call, you posed a question that you'd wish to ask the other participants. So if you'd like to go ahead. Definitely. Uh, my question for today is, uh, is it possible to build a company culture that integrates both in-office and remote employees? 
uh, the reason I bring this up is uh, I, my company's uh, headquarters is based in Aalborg, which for those who don't know is on the far side of the country, uh, six hours by train. Um, so mo most of the time I work, I'm working from Copenhagen, and then the rest of my company is over there. And I think it's a very relevant problem these days. Are you the only one in Copenhagen, or do you have other in-office colleagues? Uh, I have my my boss of my department uh, also lives in more or less my town. Uh, so it's the two of us over here, and we uh, mostly work from home. Sometimes we have a we have a couple of tables over at the Danish Technical University, um, mm -hmm. where we also work from. But it, it does create a split between uh, uh, those of us on the Devil Island, as the people on the far side of the country say, and those of us at the main at the main office. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Lena, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of had the same question as you because I think it's such a difficult mm. uh, situation because it really depends on who you are as a person, I guess. So I don't know, were you aware when you were recruited for this job that this was like a more or less working from home position? Yeah, that's actually one of the things that attracted me to it. I think. Um, I, most of my job is, is based around just writing code, and that's something that works very well from home. Uh, nice, quiet, I have a very nice chair. Um, yeah. And there's other stuff that's really nice to do in person, and uh, I, I visit the main office twice a month, which is very comfortable. We have some meetings there, say hi to everyone, um, and then the, then you can do the work that requires face-to-face -face contact. So th that's the way I balance it out, and it's something I really uh, en enjoy with my current position. Yeah, because I think for, my, for, for me... Me personally, I hate not having anyone next to me mm. that I can drink coffee with and spar and annoy, to be honest, <laughs> and it's to get the little breaks uh, during the day. But I think my, my position as a product manager is also more outgoing. Mm -hmm. And I find it dif I find it so difficult. And when, when I work from home 100% during the corona lockdowns in Denmark, I found it so difficult to read my colleagues to actually figure out when I was annoying them or when I actually could interrupt them. You know, there is something you could see in your colleagues when you're sitting to them face to face. Like, are you, am I allowed to interrupt you in whatever you're doing right now? And I think that barrier for me is so difficult to navigate and mm. uh, in the 100% working from home is set up. So when you're 100% hybrid. It, yeah. I think you're getting right to the heart of the issue that uh, it, one of the notes I've written here is that uh, there, there's in-office and remote, and then there's synchronous and asynchronous. And exactly what you're talking about is that synchronous-asynchronous split. Um, that it, It's just nice to know when is work happening? When is work happening together? When does collaboration happen? Yeah. I think uh, I'm also a product manager, and I quite like working from home, and I think Part of the nature of being a product manager is you have lots of meetings and lots of collaboration. And for that reason, it's for me, it's easier to work from home because if I'm in the office trying to have meetings, there's a lot of background noise. It's not as, yeah, I have to find a quiet space to have my meetings. Um, I definitely think it's possible to have a culture that integrates both in office and remote employees. My last role was a, a remote first company that had an office in Copenhagen. Um, and I think the way that we did it with so well is that there were as few distinctions as possible between in office and remote so that the employees didn't feel any different and they didn't get treated any different. Um, I think that's something that's really important if you are trying to have both in office and fully remote employees. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And 
I'm also, I mean, I'm also at meetings, as as you're saying, Rebecca. I think I'm I'm sometimes the obnoxious one because I have wall-to-wall meetings every day and I'm just constantly talking. So if people like you, I the guy sitting next to me is actually a developer, and I can see that you need to concentrate a lot more maybe than I do uh, on your code. So you can also be like, in a, also with the new, like working from home teams structure, you're not going into meeting rooms anymore. You're more ba- based on your, on your station. So you're not really going into a quiet space like you maybe are, Rebecca, but at least I'm not because all of my meetings are now teams meetings. How do you, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, wait, go for it. Yeah. Uh, Lena, you talked about not knowing if people are like available or being able to interrupt them um, when it's sort of a hybrid or remote. How how do you deal with that? I try pinging people on Slack and Teams. uh, And then I guess if people don't answer, they are probably deeply concentrated into something. But for me, it doesn't take very much to break my concentration. Mm -hmm. So I've actually turned off all notifications on everything because if I get that pop-up, in the corner from teams saying, hey, uh, do we know about that I'll shift my focus. Uh, mm. That I think is one of the great advantages of, of uh, professional instant messaging is that if I need to be in focus, I can turn off notifications on teams and that's my responsibility. And as long as the rest of the company understands that if I don't get back to you immediately, it's because I'm busy. Um, yeah. It's it, it's a it's a really good tool. And I, I think it, uh, there's a culture developing around it that, that makes a it makes it more effective. Yeah, and, and then it's more difficult to like turn off me in the office while yeah. I'm standing in front of your desk saying, yes. Joe. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think that's also part of the culture is understanding that with Slack, for an example, we're all easily available. But if we don't answer, that means we're busy and having an understanding that it's perfectly fair for you to Slack me and ask me 20 questions. But it's also perfectly fair for me not to answer right away. And as long as that understanding is equal among everybody, that I think it, it works. Yeah. Rebecca, you said it's easier for you to have a lot of meetings remotely. Do, do you notice a difference uh, qualitatively b- between um, around the table meetings and, uh, and Zoom calls? Are there things that you're missing from either of those? No, I think that the the Zoom calls or we use Google Meet were actually more productive because I was in my space. I had my screen. I was often the one running the meeting. So it was much easier for me to, yeah, share the agenda and work through the flow of the meeting in my own setup versus in the office when you have to maybe try and set up a big screen so those who are joining remotely can join and make sure the audio works and it always doesn't work on the first try. So I definitely think that the remote meetings were more, yeah, they were definitely run better, especially when there's more um, attendees. If it's a one-on-one meeting, that could potentially be more productive in person, depending on the individuals in the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I find interesting that was discussed there is in terms of meetings, so say you were to work fully remotely, which is the the question that you posed, Joe, that's the the imminent Mm -hmm. challenge that you face. How often do you meet with the team? What's the frequency yeah. in the procedure at the organization? Well, uh, we, we do a daily stand-up, which can be anywhere between 5 to 20 minutes. Um, and that that's a ritual in a lot of uh, programming circles. I think every team needs to adapt uh, that that meeting to, to their own needs. And for, for us, it's see, um, see each other's faces in the morning, uh, say hi, wake up, 
it, it's nice to have a, a real start of the day, especially when you're working from home. Um, and, and that I'd say is, is part of the company culture that we've we've developed to to, to adapt to, to working. Um, yeah, so, uh, separated. Yeah, I think that's an integral part of what you've raised in terms of how do you maintain that company culture, and I think that is something that your company's putting in place that directly addresses it. Mm. I mean, as we as we moved out of the back of COVID, I think it's intriguing, and that's why I've drafted this topic in regards to the hybrid work model. I think it's interesting to hear how com- how company culture can be maintained. I think those gaps around the coffee coffee machine that you miss out on, how you bring, how you bridge that gap. Mm. Well, actually, one 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 of the talking points I'd written down was uh, uh what are there parts of culture that are inevitably lost? You're not going to get these back. And I, I think the um the the around around the water cooler conversation. There's no way around that. I mean, you're not going to get that back. Um, I, I think there's a lot, a lot of uh, attempts to bring it back with some uh, scheduled team meeting that at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. on Fridays you can join and we'll talk. I, yeah. Uh, for those of you listening, Lena hasn't put a gun to her head. <laughs> Mind firing it. Um, which, which, which I think he's pressed. His... But it's it's so it's like a constructed like. Right. That's now you need to have fun because we've scheduled fun at three. It's, and, and fun is spontaneous in my mind. Yeah. I think Slack channels do an okay job of replacing the water cooler because they are a lot more accessible in terms of anybody can start a conversation on any topic at any time. You don't happen to be need to both be in the kitchen at that time. And it also, with all of the different Slack channels, it gives space for everybody to participate in the ways in which they want to participate. Nobody is forced to, but the option is there and each individual can decide how involved they want to be and also share how much of themselves they want to with the job via these different mm-hmm. Slack channels that have different themes and topics and, you know, share photos of their babies, you know, maybe, yeah, yeah that's some, that's one way to really be your authentic self at work without physically being at work. Yeah. And I think. We, we also have some sort of, of that in our company where we have, uh, I think we have a recreational photography channel mm-hmm. where people can post their pictures and stuff like that. Uh, but I think one of the funnier things that came out of COVID lockdown was that you actually invited your colleagues into your home, which I found was mm-hmm. a boundary that we had before. So the way that, the, that we're looking at work or what we're bringing to work has actually changed because I have seen my director's bookcase or his living room or whatever. So we're getting really personal. Mm. And I think as you're saying, Jones, some things will not change because it is kind of the good life, right? Being able to work from home and not have a horrendous commute every day. And you can actually Mm -hmm. work efficiently for eight hours and then go live your life uh, when you're off. But I think it sounds like Joe. Can you maybe elaborate a bit on on the part where have have your company have you have you made a culture on how to work from uh, home? So, certainly, not, certainly not on on purpose. And I think it's it's hard to make a culture when you're when you're two people. That, that becomes more of a person to person relationship. That yeah yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Um, but but I, I can definitely see one developing, uh, and I, I think it's encouraged the rest of our team to work. A little bit differently. As soon as you have some remote employees who aren't there, it becomes possible for more people to work from home, even if they have a main office somewhere else. Um, and I, th- I think our company has has fallen a little bit in, in, into the same. I don't want to call it a trap, but it's the word that comes to mind that a lot of others have. 
that uh, says it's easy to have some uh, hybrid employees now, and they forget to uh, to to intentionally create a culture, intentionally put put the work into uh, setting it up um, with, with with some forethought, and so, and you know it, it it evolves naturally. That's a good thing too. Um, yeah. Because I think you make a good point about being intentionable, intentional about things. You absolutely can't be passive and just say everything will work out. Everybody will feel included. There definitely needs to be an active effort to make sure that all employees feel equally included and have their voice heard. Yeah, feel comfortable going to work, whether it's just going in the room next door or coming in physically. Yeah, I think the working from home inevitably has its benefits, but with this comes the opportunity cost. And I think you've put some great for points forward in terms of solutions and ways in which you can deal with this. I think Rebecca, you made a great point about Slack, the accessibility, you can create any conversation at any point. I think Joel, the, the organized teams calls, and there's a little bit of a debate around whether they're effective or not. As you said, Lean, putting the gun to her head. But I think you put forward a, you put forward a great question, Lena, in regards to whether or not you should be 100% either way. So I think it's fitting at this time to pose that to the group. Yeah. So my question to you guys was, should you implement 100% hybrid teams or 100% on-site teams? in order to increase both social and operational efficiency. And if I should put, put some background to it, um, once uh, COVID came to, to town, uh, New Day was in a, a huge transition where we went enterprise agile and I got the role as a product owner on top of my product manager uh, position. And I had to onboard a whole new team that had never worked together before. And we, we were in six different locations and four different time zones. And it was uh, crazy, but I think we actually made it work because everyone were on the same conditions. So even though I knew some of my on-site colleagues, we were all at home and we had so much fun. I mean, I've never worked in such a fun team and it was of course also like a lucky strike that we were all. All 12 people were hilarious and wanted it to work and we made effort in it. But when we then were allowed to go back into the offices, we had six people sitting in a meeting room and then there were six people on their in individual screens at home. Mm. And I could feel a shift in like the social connection that we had before it had changed. We were equally efficient, but I could feel that we lost some of the colleagues that were on screen. So I don't know if you guys have had any experiences around that or any thought about how you do that in the best possible manner. Yeah, I, I've had experience on a, on the smaller scale, probably. So not a team of six on-site and six hyper, or sorry, uh, remote. And my first, like my initial reaction is no, I, I don't think you need to do 100% hybrid and 100% on-site just based on my own experience, I think that each team should decide and be given the freedom and empowered to work in the way that is most productive for them. And sometimes you have to do some experimentation to figure out how that is. It doesn't necessarily work from the jump, but in the end, the individuals on the team have the greatest effect on social and operational efficiency, and they will be most productive when they feel empowered and able to make the decisions for themselves. Um, the reason that I think it worked for us was that me as a product manager and also the engineering manager that I worked with, I think we did a lot of moderation and assisting the team and getting them to the place in which it did work. 
Um, him and I were both in Copenhagen, so at times we would both be in the office. So perhaps that worked, but we never really had more than two or three co-located at the same time. So we were never in a meeting room with six people on screen and six people um, on site. So perhaps that would have been more difficult. But in my experience, I I have not found that 100% on-site or 100% hybrid is necessary. Good. I, I, I can't say I, I have any experience of, of changing, uh, being able to compare the same team in, in uh, under both circumstances. Um, but what I have noticed is that it is really important that everyone uses the same tools. Uh, mm -hmm. You bring up, uh, we had some people suddenly in meeting rooms together and other people uh, on, on, on Zoom. And I think if you're um, if you're going to split up the, the, the team with on-site and remote, you have to make sure all the conversation is going through the same channels. Uh, if, if something is happening in the office, it's best to go through Slack unless you're, uh, you know, if you're chit-chatting, obviously. Um, but if there's decisions to be made, that needs to happen in a way that it's equally accessible for the uh, remote colleagues. If you're having a meeting, I think it works a lot better that everyone is on their own computer instead of, you know, the, the conference mics, uh, because inevitably you're going you're to have some side chatter that some people on the other end don't pick up, and that's an isolating feeling. Um, so it, I think it, you don't need to match where people are. You do need to match what tools people are using uh, and, and what channels that are, they're working through. Yeah, I think that's a really great point actually and we we started out doing that so when we were in the office we would sit like in a row on the same teams meeting uh, and then had to point to the other person that were talking if you wanted to say something and have them mute and yeah we mm. all the different um but yeah that's how it worked at the end because i couldn't i couldn't stand like <laughs> feeling that i isolated people yeah. In our meetings, uh, I hate it. Yeah. Joe, I yeah. think you made a really good point about um, everybody using the same tools. And I think that is a great way not to isolate people. I think in, in hybrid and remote work, transparency and documentation is so important so that those that are having the water cooler chat aren't talking about something that someone who's sitting at home would be really beneficial to know about. So. Mm. Yes, transparency and documentation are, I believe, very, very important in remote and hybrid work. What, what about you, Lena? Do you, having asked this question, do you, have you seen the, the potential for, for efficiency with 100% with hybrid and 100% on-site teams? No, I, I, I think I feel like kind of a efficiency loss sometimes. It, I think you have to work a little harder to stay 100% efficient if you are mixed or not located in the same place. And that's maybe also talking into what I've talked on earlier about the accessibility of people. And I think it's because the role I have, I need input from a lot of people uh, all the time. And I can't book my colleagues for meetings all the time. So I think it's also just top of mind for me because I need so much input and I need to conversate with people all the time so yeah for me a great point that work working 100 percent remotely it wouldn't because yeah yeah i think the great point that rebecca made was in terms of enabling that empowerment and independence yeah. i think one thing that i noticed at the start of your question during your elaboration lena was you mentioned people working in different time zones so how was that a challenge that you you went on to address I mean, was this the certain operational hours? Was you flexible? We we made an agreement. So we had uh, colleagues in London, no, Bristol, sorry, Bristol, 
and we had in Portugal and we had in two different locations in India and then we had here in Denmark. So we kind of found a time slot for our daily stands and our meetings. Like we, we set up a fixed slot, like you can book hours in Denmark time from this to this. Um, and that's how we worked. And then people can of course work whenever they, they, they need to, but I mean, uh, our great colleagues in, in India, I think in their contracts, they need to follow the Danish work hours. Mm. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't call me at 4.30 in the morning uh, asking me uh, questions, but we followed normal Danish business hours, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I think that is but, an imminent uh, challenge. Sorry, Joe. Oh, no, uh, I, I definitely agree. Too. I think time zones are where uh, we, we've talked about some you know, uh, fairly geographically close uh, remote situations, but if you have someone in India, someone in Los Angeles, and someone in Copenhagen, I think then then it's very difficult to have any level of, of synchronicity uh, in, in your work. Um, and and that I, I, then I can actually see that, that there might be real advantages to trying to um, congregate people around a single time zone and uh, even entire teams around a single time zone. Just as there is some level of uh, things can happen quickly instead of uh, waiting for the sun to rise uh, on the other side of the world. That yeah. doesn't always work great. Um, I uh, worked with a lot of people in Brazil and in our recruiting process, we limited, you know, Brazil or that time zone was the furthest, you know, left we were going, but actually found it very productive for them because there was time during the day in which we would have meetings and conversations. And then when we knocked off here, they could do all of their focus work and vice versa. We could do all of our focus work in the morning and then do our collaboration um, in the afternoon. So I I actually found that very beneficial. It limited the number of meetings. It required everybody to be concise and clear in their communication, which I think overall improved uh, productivity and efficiency. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I love getting time for myself. I can actually work. So um, it actually worked and you can shift the load a little bit and have some work when others are sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great one. Yeah, I think you mentioned a great point there, and it directly relates to your questioning, Rebecca, in regards to the recruitment process. So I'd love to know you pose that one to the group. Yes. So my question is, uh, what is the importance of the recruiting process in remote and hybrid work? Uh, maybe, Joe, you want to start? Oh, sure. Uh, I wrote out a couple of notes for that one. And, and the first one is uh, you do need to uh, select compatible personality types. I think um, th- there's a... a, a decent chunk of people who uh, hate remote work and that's totally fair i think uh, yes uh some of them may be on this call um <laughs> and it it, it, it it saps their energy they get nothing done they they feel lost in their work uh, and obviously you should not hire someone like that to do remote work and on the other hand you shouldn't hire someone who uh, gets their best work done uh, from outside of the office um when i got my current position we we did a uh, a fairly intense personality test that like like all good uh, work personality tests, claims to have a lot of psychology behind it. And one of the attributes that we selected most for was responsibility. That if, if you're going to be working mostly on your own, you need to be able to take care of your own work and not need to uh, hold onto someone's arm to get it done. And it, I think exactly that is something that only the hiring process can catch uh, and makes a, a huge difference. And I, I actually think it's one of the wonderful things that come out of this uh, pandemic that you are actually now able to work from home because we have the channels needed to to work efficiently and there's also a culture now 
that says it's actually okay that that you work from home and then i think the danish work ethic culture if you could say it like that is that we're actually efficient when we're working from home working from home is not putting your legs up on the coffee table and watching netflix all day you actually you actually work um so yeah yeah I think uh, you made a, a good point there, Joe, about the the personality test. Though I haven't myself done a personality test for a job, I do think in remote and hybrid work, assessing the personality, maybe even more than the technical skills, mm. is really important in the recruitment process because, as you said, it has to be a personality that fits. And I think involving people that will be future colleagues of this person in the recruiting process can be really helpful in seeing whether this is a fit, whether they can see themselves working together remotely in the future, maybe even asking about personal interests to an extent, because I think you get a lot more done when you work with people that you like. Mm. And for that reason, I think future colleagues should be involved in the in the recruiting process. Do you guys have any experience being uh, interviewed by people other than the hiring manager or the the people in culture. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's almost become standard now that uh, you you go through the first couple levels and and talk to the, the people in charge, and then at the end everyone else needs to more or less sign off. You can't have anyone saying, "Wow, I c- could not work with that person." Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time since I've been to a job interview, but um, the last time I was at one, there was. Definitely, we. I did a personality test at that point as well, and I know the rest of the team had taken one. So I think it is a really, really good tool um, for that as well. And there was also one to vouch for me. Like there was the hiring manager, and then a hiring manager's colleague to mm. probably assess if I was. So just a follow up question. Just a follow up question on the back of that. Yeah. In terms of the personality tests, what do you think the main personality traits that should be identified? somebody's going to be working 100% remotely. I know, John, you said responsibility. Is there anything else you'd put forward as a group that you think would be great to identify? I don't know if if it's a personality trait, but someone who likes taking initiative, I think is really important, and it probably goes hand-in-hand with responsibility. But there's going to be a lot of times in which, you know, you're not being told what to do, and you have to be capable of filling your time with something that's going to add value to the business. Mm. I think uh, communication for me is the other big one. That uh, if, if you're sitting next to each other, it's uh, it's a freebie. Like it, it's not hard to communicate there. And when suddenly you have to actually start typing a message and write things precisely, and it requires some effort for other people to ask for clarification, you need to be good at communicating. And uh, that's that's a, sk- a skill you can learn, but it it is also a personality trait that, that can be selected for. It, what, one interesting thing I thought about this question is here we're talking about what are things that the uh, recruiting process can do, but I think also uh, in, in remote and hybrid work, the recruiting process is more powerful than it is usually. Uh, Connor, I imagine you have a lot of experience on exactly this one, but instead of pulling from uh, the pool of applicants that you have in in your metro area, suddenly you can get anyone anywhere, uh, even for uh, short periods of time or for specific projects. And if you have a, a team that is used to working uh, with a hybrid model and, and, and you have a culture that supports it, that's a massive advantage and recruiting becomes so much more powerful and frankly more important uh, to, than it does with, with 100% on-site work. I think you're correct on that one. That is something we have experience with. I think after COVID and the pandemic, 
more and more companies are much more willing to adopt this model where they'll take people on from wider Europe. As you say, we usually work within Denmark, speaking to people like yourself, but it's becoming to fruition that they'd be willing to take more people on. And I think the beauty of it is these people have been working remotely for the past three, four years now, working at organisations across the, across the globe. So it's something they've tried, they've tested, you've got feedback from people where they've, whereby they've, they've worked remotely on previous projects. And it's much more accurate, as you say, in terms of you can get referrals to people and they've got, mm. they've got experience in that type of work. Absolutely. I think, I think, sorry, one thing I would add as well, I think we've discussed some soft skills, some great, it's a great take on it in terms of the personality traits, but I'd flip the question onto hard skills. I think, do you think the more job titles that are more prone to being able to work remotely? I think it's intriguing because Joe, you mentioned full stack development and tech lead and Lena and Rebecca product manager. Do you think there's some, some areas which are better suited to that type of work? Yeah. Well, I, I speak as a developer, our, my job as a full stack developer is the perfect one for remote work. Uh, I, I write code, I put it into a central repository and everyone has it and everyone uses it. Uh, there obviously some communication is needed, but all of my work is inherently distributed. Uh, and largely asynchronous. And I, I think especially when you're talking with, with tech people in tech, the conversation gets it gets skewed to, to device the people writing code. Yeah. I, I think to some extent, some roles would be harder to uh, carry out remotely. Uh, I'm My role is really customer-centric, so I have to visit the customers and listen to the customers very often and go to suppliers and stuff like that. So maybe my role would be a little difficult to fill remotely, but I do it twice a week, so it can be done. And so I think it really depends on who you recruit and what you're recruiting for. Um, yeah. I think maybe some roles that wouldn't work, sales, depending yeah. on who they're selling to, they like to visit customers a lot. Agile coach, also another one that perhaps being in person would be, you know, beneficial. Um, Receptionist. Yeah, receptionist also. <laughs> Office manager, yep. maybe not a remote job. Um, but maybe customer success, customer experience, that could potentially be a good remote role if you're speaking to customers on the phone most of the time or via a chat. Um, again, as a PM, I like to work remote. I also do visit customers, so it's not 100% remote. Mm. Um, but day to day, I think that one also works. Yeah. Re Rebecca and Lena, have you? Yeah. Sorry. Oh, uh, have either of you uh, adapted your your your, uh, your customer facing roles more uh, to 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 remote work? Have you started? using more uh, remote tools or, or has it still been something that you have to yeah yeah, yeah. so we, we had to adapt in some some way so one of one of the bigger things for me is to go to back in the day I used to have to go physically to a UC contact call center if I wanted to listen to what the customers were asking us mm. but now I can just listen remotely from my laptop so mm. I think that that the pandemic has pushed some kind of a technical development. Like, can you remember how teams looked when the pandemic hit? We would laugh at it now if we looked at it now. So, I mean, the last two years, we have gotten so many tools that enables us to actually do everything remote. So there's actually no need for me to have a chair in, in that, the office. I can just work from home 
I can mm. I can do everything from home if I wanted to. So I would be able to do everything I do remotely. I think for me, it's more about who I am as a person and what I enjoy from going to work, that I enjoy going out of my home and into an office and stuff like that. So I would be able to do everything. I think I, I did a lot of my customer discovery on calls, but yeah. in some instances, I needed to see the product being used in real life, mm. in a real situation. And in that case, you need to go on site yeah. to see it. So some things you simply, you cannot, you know, put a camera up somehow in their location and, and watch if you want to see it happening in, in yeah. real life, in real context. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But there also are recording tools that can record your app being used, mm. for instance, or your website being used. So that yeah, sort yeah. of gets around it. Yeah, I think one thing that's been an evident challenge, something that's come up frequently throughout the podcast, is the impaired collaboration. I think mm. it's been slightly addressed throughout, but I know that I posed the question to the group prior to the call, so I'll still ask it. So the evident challenge is impaired collaboration. How is this addressed? It's open to the floor, so I'll let anybody take it away. I think we've touched on a lot of the key points. Communication, synchronicity, tools. I think those are uh, the, the most important things. I think um, it, as a software developer, I use Git, which is a version control system that was made in the 90s uh, to help the development of the Linux kernel. It solved precisely this problem. A lot of people around the world working on one really big project, and a lot of rituals came out of that, that it's a distributed system. Uh, if you want to uh, add to the project, there's a process for having other people look at it first. Um, and exactly that, I think, is, is an incredibly valuable uh, asynchronous collaborative tool that works just as well if you're on the other side of the ocean or right next to each other. Yeah, but I think it's um, it's the boiler room or like the water tank talks that that are the the, the most difficult ones to crack. And I used to be a, mm. a smoker at one point, and I cannot tell you how many deals I've made down in the smoking shed um, that that I would never. I, that would that would never have happened over Slack because you wouldn't hit up some stranger and say, "Hey, I I know that you're working with this," or maybe you would, but chances are slim. So if there's a genius listening to this podcast who knows how to fix the water water cooler talk, then uh, fix it. I think as you say, it's the sponsorability around it as well, and the human yes. communication. Yeah. I think that it's, it's something that's hard to replicate, and I think you'd have a really tough job in finding something that addresses that problem directly and solves it it's such a big it's such a big gap in the market and i think as you say when you're working remotely it is the inevitable challenge yeah what about you yourself what about yourself rebecca how do you see it i think back to the the first question about being proactive and making an effort uh when it comes to collaboration sometimes you need to schedule time and a, a meeting for collaboration on a specific project. If, it, if it's high priority, then we need to make some time where everybody is available and mm. get it done. Um, I think mandatory stand-ups are a great way to get some face time in and also discuss maybe those small things. I think many a times the start of a stand-up is very much like a water cooler talk. You're talking about yeah. your weekend or the, the small things. Um, and then I think finally a weekly all hands and really that depends on how big the company is uh but i think again getting some face time there it will increase chances of collaboration because if you hear something someone says something funny on the all hands maybe you're more likely to reach out to them about a question that you wouldn't have asked if you didn't know that they were a carefree guy by the personality right. they show on the on the videos 
Yeah. Wait, I mean, you actually said something earlier, Rebecca, that, that you are more, more likely to work better together with people that you like or that you have fun with. And in the beginning of our 100% distributed squad, we we implemented that the Friday stand would be like a quiz. Mm-hmm. So no stand, but you would do a quiz and then it could be a personal quiz or of something you liked. And then we found out that we all liked Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so yeah, we all had Arnold's uh, like, um, backgrounds on teams. So when we were at these big town halls or whatever, we would have our Arnold background and people would know who we were. So they would reach out to us because we were the Arnolds. I just thought that was so, that was so fun. We had so much fun with like coming up with Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes and uh, citing his horrible movies and stuff like that. So that really, that really bound us together and connected us, even though we were so far Mm. from each other. And I think if I could give myself or someone else an advice, if you're working a hundred percent remotely, then do something really fun once a week. And so yeah, having that humorous connection to each other in yeah. some way because I think that would actually take take something off the maybe the barrier of like writing people up cold on Slack and that you're also knowing what people are doing in their free time and in their personal life so the more you know about people the more you're prone to work together mm. this is this is especially true for Denmark where I, I think uh, Danish culture revolves around uh, you have to have had uh at least three beers together, yes. one after another, at some point before you can actually work together. Um, <laughs> yeah, and that's actually fun because I'm the only Dane in this room. So how how are you guys? What what do how do you feel about connecting to Danes? Oh, I, I working yeah, remotely. Three beer system. I mean, a three beer system that works for you. It works great. It requires that you go to the office on a Friday. But 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 there is something to to, to seeing your, uh, your your colleagues. Um, at, uh, without their tie, so to speak, that uh, yeah. guard let yeah. down being a little goofy together. And if you do that through uh, Friday drinks or or through uh, through through a quiz, I think the the, the point is just see, see each other, um, let each other guard each other's guard down in a non-professional. Mm. Yeah. What do you guys think of do you, donut chats? Have you used donut chats at all? And do you think they're no? Okay, Slack has a. A thing called donut chats where it randomly matches people and you can opt in or opt out so again you can decide how involved you want to be and it just randomly matches two people in the business and you can decide the cadence every week every two weeks every month to randomly chat for 15 minutes or 30 minutes not work related whatsoever to help build out the relationships so again the next time maybe you had a question for someone in sales you talked to max in sales two weeks ago and i think I always opt in and I think it's really good because I meet people I would have never spoken to who could potentially be very helpful um, and actually nice people. That is a fantastic idea. That is the single best tool that I've heard mentioned uh, in the last yeah. hour. And it's so simple. So cool. Never heard of that either, but I'll definitely be feeding back to my, um, my manager later this evening with these donut chats. What a way to connect with each other, other people that you wouldn't ordinarily speak to in the organization. Yeah. They also give... Um, like a suggested question so you can feed donut what your favorite show is or what your favorite food is so that it can also use that as a conversation starter yeah i've never thought about like networking in a new company when you're remote that must be difficult yeah well i think on that note 
I'll put it out to the floor if anybody has any further questions to add or anything else you'd like to discuss today. Not especially. I think we've been around the issue uh, from a lot of different angles. So I'd like to thank you all for your amazing contributions then. And if you're listening in and you'd like to join us on a future episode, please approach me on LinkedIn or email me at connor.leyland at evolutionnordics.com. And I'll see you soon.